0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind the scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. Please take a second to subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Felix van Groningen's new family drama, Beautiful Boy. Based on the pair of memoirs by father and son David and Nick Scheff, the film chronicles the heartbreak experienced by a family coping with addiction over many years, including survival, relapse, and recovery. In addition to Beautiful Boy, Mr. van Groningen's credits include the feature films Belgica and The Broken Circle Breakdown. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. Van Groningen spoke with director Mike Mills about filming Beautiful Boy. During their conversation, Mr. Van Groningen discusses the challenges of shooting his first English-language film, transforming the story into more of an experience through his portrayal of time, and making the songs on the soundtrack function as the score.
1: Hello, everyone. Um, Thanks so much for staying for the Q&A. And, Felix, thanks so much for reaching out to me. I'm very honored to be here. Thank Um, you. I'll I'll try to get a conversation going, and maybe we'll reach out in the middle for some questions here and there. So, generate questions in your mind. Um, We watched a little bit at the end together just now. And two of my favorite, most beautiful shots are the one where he ODs in the in the bathroom, that amazing horizontality and the light and the way he falls down in the light, everything about it I felt like kinda surmised your film to me. And it's like this lack of control over ourselves and between the people we love and the paradox of that relationship between the father and the son, like I'm a dad. So close, so interwoven, and yet alone, yet Things they can't know, things they can't reach through, right? And that really killed me, that part. Um, I know that you have a special relationship with the real people behind this film. Can you talk a little bit about that whole process or how you came to this
2: material and
1: how I learned a little bit today about you have a relationship with them, which was kind of amazing to me.
2: Uh, yeah, so I, um, the project was pitched to me and I... Um, uh, but 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 just the books. So uh, I was part of writing, and uh, we developed the whole um, uh, this project. So, but the the producers had the, uh, the rights to the books, and um, they talked to me about it, and I, I was really intrigued. Uh, and very early on, I met with David, both David and Nick.
1: Do you, do you all know? So it's two memoirs of the same of Nick's addiction. Yeah. And it's from the father and the son's perspective that you and you guys found a way to blend.
2: Yeah, correct. Um, uh, which was a long journey because it's, it's two books, it's a lot of material. Um, they do reference the same things, um, and a couple of the same events occur in both books, but, but there are really two points of view, uh, which was what made it so unique. And and reading those boat memoirs made me, you know, was really an eye opener in in you know how we look upon addiction still as a moral failure. And I, I I've I've seen addiction from nearby. My family had also saw that my family didn't have a way to deal with it, and and so uh, it was a very empathic insight. Um, but but from the beginning on, it, it really clicked with David and Nick. Um, they had seen. Uh, a film that had made Broken Circle Breakdown, which was also how I met the producers, because uh, that film was Oscar nominated in 2014, um, and and they 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 thought it really my style really matched with with their story and and their uh, sensibility, um, so they gave me a lot of trust. But throughout the process, I kept uh, getting in touch with them. Um, uh, I went over to David's house in Marin County, uh, he invited me, I s- stayed a couple of days, we went for long walks and talks, we had long talks, and so yeah, I really got to be part of this amazing family, and 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 by opening up, they, they allowed the movie to become so much more authentic, I feel, because, um, yeah, little things, like the artwork you see is Karen's art, uh, the journal uh, that was drawn, uh, the, the journal you see that David watches. Uh, so Nick's artwork is drawn by uh, Nick's little brother Jasper. So all those things um, really mattered. I feel, uh, but also just you know getting to know him, getting to feel the love that you know that is is amazing in their family, and and um, I I got to be part of it, and there uh, I. I actually brought the whole crew then a second time. When I went the second time to their house, I brought the whole crew, so they all got to feel this and see this.
1: Yeah. It's amazing that they trusted you so much with something so vulnerable, like life and death, really. Um, you know. Does anyone want to ask a question about the, the, how it related to the material? Or did anyone hear that toughest thing about directing that surprise feeling?
2: Uh, specif- specifically this movie or he, in r- general? R- r- quick. In this
1: movie, the gentleman asked, what was the toughest thing about directing that surprised Felix?
2: Um, good question. I um, uh, <coughs> This is my first English-language film. Uh, bigger budget also. And, and I, I guess the stress that came with that, especially in the leading up, in the prepping this film... Um, Uh, because, yeah, I have made five films in Belgium, uh, but was used to working with, you know, always the same crew, although for this film I did bring my DP and my editor. Um, uh, But had a a whole new crew that I had to get around me, and and I'm I'm sort of a very um, uh, faithful director in Belgium. My last three films was like, exact same crew, so I, I need to feel comfortable, I think. Um, but, but I took time to make this film and, and to make it mine, to own it, I wrote it, I um, you know, spent years of really making it mine, and, and so by the time we got to shooting really, I actually felt really comfortable and, and um, had a great time, it didn't feel different compared to directing a film back in Belgium. The actors were amazing. So the whole actually the whole shoot was was um wasn't a walk in the park cuz it's a tough subject, but it, there was so much love and uh dedication from the whole crew um, and focus. Uh, Steve Carell is a super focused actor, so it was um amazing to see him work. Uh, between takes, he would constantly talk uh, about the subject matter, so uh, all of that went really Uh, amazing and i can't really think of things that were hard actually
1: um i love how you treat time in your film in your film fabric and the way it relates to time um often you have the same characters in the same space but it's a different time and it's like a different relationship really i thought that was such an interesting way to talk about what's happening in the story where you have someone but they're also not there there's someone who's there and maybe gone or changed or different um, and I loved how time wasn't, like, singular. It's sort of interwoven with different pasts. Not just one past, often a couple different layers of past, a couple layers of,
2: of the Nick character. How did you
1: develop that?
2: Um, it, uh, it, it's something that, if you've seen my previous movies, uh, I, um, me and my editor, we, we sort of uh, have been doing it for a while, so it's 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 a part of film um grammar that i think is very fascinating uh how far you can go in in creating this uh logic inside a film that makes sense although like if you would uh and that's the thing i think if you do it on paper it doesn't make sense so it it is something that uh at the heart is 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 constructed sort of in 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 the script i feel but but um, executed in, in while editing, because you, you gotta have the ideas. You gotta have the idea of those flashbacks, going back in time. Um, so seeing the younger Nick, um, um, and and how they work uh, in in David's uh, psychology. Uh, so he's you know as he's losing his son, he is thinking about their special moments or, or, or the promises he made, or, or he's also examining, like, where did I go wrong? Um, 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 so that idea existed from the very beginning. Like I knew we needed it to make this film work, to make this film, um, an experience instead of just a story. Um, but while crafting it in, in, in the, uh, in the uh, script phase, you do make it more cerebral and you have to, to be able to hold on to something. And then uh, yeah, you shoot it that way, of course, and then in the edit, you see the first cut uh, and you think it's horrible. And um, and then you have to, you know, sort of let go of what you thought you had come to and, and find the emotional logic of the film. And, and there, there's a lot of, I feel, expository things that you that you that that you realize that you don 't need and then and then um, and then embrace the magic mm-hmm. uh, along the way um, and I have a very close collaboration with uh, my editor who 's done all of my films and it's it 's just a shared passion like to see how how far can we take this
1: yeah, to me it makes it um It's like the most cinematic parts of the film too, where it's like something that could be only told in the state of film, like only be told in time, can only be told with these visual chunks that you're sort of presenting. it's very different than anything that could be written, you know, if it starts from a written place. Um, There's another, some of my favorite parts were just these kind of waiting passages, often while while Nick has disappeared and they're waiting. There's one about 50 minutes in, and there's one about 85 minutes in where that sunrise, sunset is playing. And it ends with an amazing shot of the sprinkler. You return to the sprinkler, and this time it's empty of life. Yeah. And there's no forward motion, um, but there's. I feel like your, your, your directorial qualities really flourish in those moments because I'm getting such a sense of life and what's happening, and I'm not being forced to think anything. And I'm... It reminds me all the times I've waited for someone, like in a ICU or something, and it was just very strong.
2: Um, well, thank you, uh, thank you very much. I'm, I'm also really proud of that section and um, um, also the way it lands there. Then uh, you have all these shots of the house, and it's it is um, um, the house you lived in through this film, and it's this little paradise that. David tried to create for his family like a safe haven and then and then it becomes so um haunted in a sense and you know it's it's one of the things when I read the books that that uh that struck me was how addiction seeped into every fiber of family life and and um, this through the house this was a way of of trying to recreate this feeling yeah to the depiction of the house and then, you know, eventually it leads up to Nick breaking into the house.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. To me, it kind of seemed like the structure of the film was sort of like intoxicated by relapse itself. You know, it kind of things repeated, uh, history repeated, but also forward motion wasn't super important or it kind of like made me distrust it like you would in, in recovery. You know, it's like one day at a time, or you just don't know what's going to happen next. Um, is there another question? Does so anyone have a, something they'd like to bring to the conversation? Yeah, in the back. The question was um, Felix mentioned addiction in a personal way, or something, and did that inform the work, or did that help him with the
2: material? <laughs> It me really dedicated, I think, to tell this story. Um, um realizing that we as a family didn't have the tools and then seeing or or learning about this family that that also doesn't have that thinks that they ha- that thinks that they have the tools, but but you also see them go through this journey and, and realize that there are no easy answers. Uh, uh, you know, it was just revelatory, I guess, in in uh, and just made me feel, yeah, that I had missed opportunities to try and help people and 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 so it's sort of like then during, doing it through this film is a way to make up, maybe, or, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've seen, you know, I've seen my father had a bar. Uh so I've seen a lot happen there. Um uh th- there's really close people in our family that were addicted to heroin and, and um got really messed up. Uh and it it's um I've talked about it in previous films. Um uh so something is always like pulling me to try and understand what you know what people pulls into those uh, dark moments. Um, I can't explain why, actually, but. Um,
1: let's shift gears a little bit. How do you, I'm very taken by your compositions and just the, the very organic feeling of your your shot construction or way a scene was put together. It reminded me a little bit of like Jane Campion, who I adore, where just the coverage isn't like exactly what you expect. One might be very profile one might be straight on how do you come up with your coverage? How do you how do you develop the the a scene visually?
2: Um every film is has a that I make has a very different approach, I feel. Um I've done quite some handheld and um and wilder stuff than this. But um for this film, you know, I, I uh I wanted it to be truthful and simple but layered um but what does that mean i don't know it's it's just a it was a starting point i guess and then and then you still have to find your own style or f- or have this film find its own style and and it, what i like to do is um i rehearse with my actors and and uh ruben my dp he will he will be there um and shoot stuff or try stuff, um, uh, or we will have um, rehearsals at the actual locations already um, to to get to know the location and and really. Um, so there are usually a couple of the ideas from the beginning on, but then it's really by taking the time to figure it out on on the on the moment itself. Um, uh, but not in the not in a simple. Uh, will wing it way, but, but really work hard in, in prep to get there. Um, the, the shot you mentioned uh, when, when, David, uh, when Nick is uh, on the bathroom floor. Yeah, we, um, we, had, we had the bathroom that was designed on stage, uh, it was built, and we really spent like a couple of hours, it was the first scene we, had shot, we, we shot, actually. For the film? Yeah, Whoa. so pretty um, crazy also to start with that scene, but uh, but in hindsight, good also. Yeah, then wow. It's, you know, what a
1: performance from Timmy yeah. too, amazing. Uh,
2: so, but we spent hours in that bathroom with Timmy and by ourselves, like figuring like all the angles. What can we do? And all of a sudden, it was like this is so amazing. This mm. is, and it, you know, uh, the, the composition, just the the way he's laying there. How he appears and disappears, and is like also in a coffin almost. So a brightly yeah. lit
1: coffin, a sort of heavenly yeah. lit coffin. <laughs> yeah.
2: So th- I mean, this was the film where we wanted to, uh, yeah, just spend a lot of time on on detail without it being uh, showy, I guess.
1: Yeah, it felt very al dente in a way. It felt very fresh and not uh, overwrought, which I appreciated, especially for the material being so dramatic. And there's so many ways that the, I feel like the film um, really flourished in these kind of non-defined moments or these very simple moments, even when the CPR in the car, such a dramatic scene, but somehow it's like very um, you're not like pushed into this scene, maybe it's partly Timothy's state he's in, uh, or even one of the other really gorgeous shots is where you boom up into that window where the father's helping him walk down that long hallway and this is the way that booms up in the the lines in the glass and everything. Um, Such an emotional scene, but really very gentle. And I really appreciated that kind of respect.
2: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I've, yeah, the way we got there, uh, I talked about and and it's, uh, um, it's, you know, making a film is a journey, I feel. Uh, I love embracing like what you, what you, you know whatever crosses your path, being open to it and and taking it along to make the film the best possible film um, cause sometimes you know accidents happen and 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 it, they can really like make your film mm-hmm. um the uh, the last shot of the movie divine mm-hmm. uh we actually had a different place where we were gonna shoot we haven't uh the final moment it um uh, it couldn 't happen, so we and we were really happy with that one. It made sense we We had it we loved it for very different reasons than this one and then okay, we have to find a new one and then we saw we saw this wall of a sudden as we were just walking around, it was just like, This is it this is yeah. and and just like that. Seeing it and realizing like this is it is just such a a great part of filmmaking, I feel. Yeah, I was really
1: surprised by that choice. It's like your final shot of the film, it really being like they're stuck in the shade. They're they're kind of tucked back in and really, it's very flat in a way, but the vines is sort of like talking to the chaos or the lack of control that seems to keep coming up in the film. I'm getting the, the nod over there. We only have a little bit of time. Does anyone else have a question? You didn't get to ask one yet. So the question was, he has five different... At least five, I feel like, actors playing uh, Nick, and how fun. did you pull that
2: off? And uh, Just having a great casting director, I assume, and, and have them, like, you know, cast a lot of kids, uh, and and being lucky, I guess. I mean, Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays 12-year-old Nick, he was also in the movie It, so um, he's done some big films. But, you know, I just just seeing the photo and holding it next to Timothy's and, and then seeing, like, this is amazing. Um, but I, you know, in general, I also really enjoy working with kids. It's, um, uh, it's, it's for me, it's not that different uh, as working with an actor. Of course, it's a very different level, but it's also just about agreeing um, um, a certain language that you have to find and, um, and a way to get there. Um so yeah, I really love it. I think I, I was really lucky with some of the kids that showed up too.
1: So someone asked what was the hardest part? What was what's the part that like makes you happiest in the whole directing process?
2: Um, um satisfied feeling. The fact that it's uh every day is like um like a challenge. Like, you know, there's always something that Will go not as planned and then and then how how do you make it work and then um, uh, and getting there, i guess you you do always get there at the end of the day, i feel you usually not always but but um uh, yeah, having a scene and and um like you did it in rehearsals, and you felt you know you were gonna get somewhere and then you're shooting it, and it's just not working, and all of a sudden you you know. You come up with this idea what if you try this or or the actor comes with an idea and and you embrace it and then it starts to work and then you're just you know crying behind your monitor <laughs> that's what i want to do every day <laughs> <laughs> um
1: is there is there anyone yeah there was a question in the back there
2: I didn't get
1: so um she asked about the score which she appreciated and uh Especially the first scene where it was silent, and then when he's looking for the sun, you go to that very, I think it's a is it a Nirvana track, you go to a very loud, oh, yeah, yeah. very, very uh, intense piece.
2: Yeah, well, so the, uh, so yeah, there's only, there's no score, there's only existing music that we start to use as score somehow. And um, it, it was also a process, it was always, it was inspired by the books. I knew I always wanted to work with with a very uh, eclectic uh, soundtrack of existing songs. Although I thought, and for a while I also did in post production, work with a composer and had a, uh, a soundtrack. Um, um, so, but this idea of the eclectic music found its way into the script writing and into scenes that that. Um, um, that are in the movie with the Nirvana, indeed, where David and Nick are uh, rocking out in the car and David singing "Beautiful Boy" for um, uh, as a lullaby for uh, little Nick. Um, and then, so in the process of the editing, we were adding songs and we had a couple of songs and some score. And then, you know, it was okay, but it wasn't bald enough. And it was um, uh, it was my editor who who like suggested or pushed me rather <laughs> to try and give it a chance to do it without the score to throw the score out and to go bolder in the music choices uh and that started to really work uh because um it forced us to yeah to turn songs into score um, but they were they were connected to to the characters on every level because they you knew they they were into music. Um, David's a rock journalist. Uh, he, um, you know, they, 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 you see that they're that's a shared passion. So it made sense for who they are, and also the way the, the movie is built and flows through time, and, and works uh, in a melancholic way at sometimes, times and, and works the way memory works. So it it became the soundtrack of their lives actually, mm-hmm. and then and then. Um, yeah, just these songs that, are, that really can play out for like seven minutes and, and become score is uh, something that we hadn't seen really before in this way. And uh, we thought it was really worked really well.
1: Yeah, it worked beautifully. I think th- I'm getting the signal. Um, okay. Um, thank you so much for the beautiful film. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, it's really gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for thanks coming. Thanks everyone for coming. Okay. Good night.
0: Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, you can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll have a lot more for you in the coming weeks as awards season approaches, including Q&As from Paul Greengrass, George Tillman Jr., and Joel Edgerton, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and you can help fellow cinephiles find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.